Yeah, I'd like to, like to encourage all the people who normally take notes to get ready to take notes. We're going to have some, some truth encounters today. And I think um, God definitely has us in, in a flow. Um, if, if you go back to those who were here last week, uh, Henry, he preached on, you know, anxieties, uh, fears, and worries in these things, and how we need to find peace. And in the definition of peace, is the presence of a person in a storm. And that person is Jesus Christ. And so I've also been really feeling on my heart that there's, there's a lot of almost emotional healing that God wants to do. We know he heals physically. He knows he brings the dead to life. But he also wants to heal us in these areas. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, of a stream that the Lord has us in. And, and often, you know, when you have big wounds, you need to find a big God to set you free. Amen. Yeah, so we're on this journey of healing, and today specifically um, touching on the, the subject of rejection, something many of us have endured in our lives. It's quite common to have uh, a rejection wound, um, being rejected by loved ones, fathers, those things. And it's something that my, my wife and I, we, we've been in, uh, involved in ministry for a number of years, and, and even deliverance ministry. I mean, it's not really a separate ministry. There's one ministry, and that's the ministry of of Jesus Christ, but in and deliverance, um, yes, there is that aspect of demons manifesting and those things, but that's not what it's about. A lot of times, it's just about having people encounter truth, having truth encounters with your life, because you, you believed a lie, and that lie has caused a, a wound in which you live your life through. And so, when people are really um, battling with many issues in their life, and, and they come, and they need really uh, deep prayer, and they say you need deliverance and those type of things. Very often, you have these issues on the surface, but at the core, it's a root of rejection. And I really believe God wants to expose that and show you how he has healed that and how you can be restored. Um, yeah, so we've seen the damaging effects that rejection can have on, a people's, on people's life, specifically uh, through a father um, or loved one. So, you know, the Bible says, and I think in Proverbs 4.23, we don't have to go there. It says, for out of the heart flows the issues of life. So if you have a wounded heart, how you process your life, how you process situations and emotions comes through this heart of yours. It flows through this, this filter of yours. And so you don't actually see it. It's almost like a knee-jerk response you have to situations because there's been this, this wound that's created a, a grid in which you process life from. So it's quite a, a serious thing um, because it affects all areas of your life. And, and people often, you know, have many wounds and many filters in which we process life through. So you can see, you know, by these prophetic words and stuff, God wants to actually, you know, dig down into the crux of those broken pipes. If you think, you know, Jock and I both had bathroom renovations, so we've been talking about it. And, and we also had the rotten pipes. So on the surface, you had the nicely tiled wall and everything. And and, but underneath it, the pipes were just rotten and there was water pouring out and everything. So you had to actually get through. And so you think maybe you don't have an issue, you know, because it looks good from the outside. But often there's an underlying uh, root issue that God wants to, to get into. And so rejection is one of the primary areas that, that he attacks us in. Um, there, there's two. Like if you look at marriage and sexuality, the enemy goes for that thing. He wants to destroy the image of marriage. 
He wants you to, to, you know, we spoke about it before, like sexuality, enemies made a mess of that because it represents his relationship and his intimacy that he has with us. So he wants to distort that for the world. He doesn't like a Christian marriage. I mean, how many people here have, have children who are born again? If you raise your hand, okay? There's a few of us. Okay, the enemy hates that because you're multiplying the kingdom. So there's a target out for marriages. There's a target for sexuality. And there's a target in regards to the father, your view of the father. Why? Your earthly father. Because the earthly father represents the heavenly father. It represents him. So if he can distort your image of the father, he can distort your ability to trust in your God. And as humans, our number one need is to be loved, to be respected, and accepted. And re rejection robs us of this basic human need. And it leaves a bitter root or bitter fruit in our life. What kind of fruits would you see? Well, you, you would see um, loneliness, low self-esteem, aggression, depression, and even a super a sensitivity to future moments of rejection. You know, for many people, the fear of rejection is actually worse than the rejection itself. You know, if you think of, like, kids who, you know, don't want to go to school. Like, Mommy, you know, I got a sore tummy. And you're like, oh, you know, you don't seem sick. You know? Because often they, they're fearing going to school because they're going to get bullied. They're going to get marginalized or someone's going to call them a name or something. They, they're fearing that rejection. But often that fear is actually worse than, than actually going through it. And some of us as adults, you know, we don't want to go to a party or we don't want to go to that social gathering because, oh, maybe... You know, no one's going to talk to me, and I'm going to sit in the corner and feel like an idiot. So, so we don't go. We just check out. And um, if you look at um, teens these days, the kind of rejection that, that they deal with, it's, it's, it's really severe because what they go through is when you're, when you're younger, like they say between the age of one and four, uh, your body's flooded with oxytocin. So your brain releases oxytocin to your body, and that's a bonding chemical, so you bond with mom and dad. And that bond is very close. And after four, it kind of leaves, it's particularly in girls. I'm talk to the girl teens. Um, it comes back, but on steroids by the age of 13. So when they hit the teen years, that oxytocin is coming back. But they don't bond with mom and dad, they bond socially with those friendships. And so when those friendships go south, and when your best friend talks behind your back, it's a train wreck moment. And we might think, oh, you know, get over it. You know, it's just a thing. You know, it's, it's a big deal for them. And we have to help them by taking that hurt and that wound, which is so severe to them, and taking it to the cross where Jesus Christ had paid for that. He was rejected on our behalf. And the fear of rejection is, you know, us adults, um, it drives us to do things to ourselves that are quite horrible. You know, we can go down to the lists of, Addictions and things we get off with to medicate the hurts, you know, to avoid feeling that way. Because we don't take it to the cross and deal with it. Your addictions is not your escape from the wound. He is the escape. Amen? A few years ago, I just want to share some personal testimonies about rejection of just... Uh, kind of been a thing that I've had to deal with in my life. Um, I had this dream 
It was very vivid. It was, it was so real, and the emotions were so intense. It was, you know, those dreams where it's like, this is happening. And in this dream, I was, I was madly in love with this girl, and um, it was an actual ex-girlfriend of mine, and she, she cheated on me. And I was so hurt, and I was so disillusioned, and so rejected. I remember seeing, looking down on myself, and I saw myself just like coward, and I just came up to her, and I said, oh, you know, it's okay. I don't mind, you know. I was so rejected, I would rather just take her back than having to deal with being lonely again or feeling rejected again. I would even compromise my own values and my own heart and, and be abused in that situation. And I was so uh, shaken by this. And I was like, what is this thing? This is a relationship that happened long ago. Why, why this thing? Why, why the emotions? Why is this so, so real? This, re- this wound is so real now. And I didn't quite fully understand it there. And a few years later, uh, we had a men's course that we're all on. Uh, it was called Conquer. The Conquer guys here. Who ya? Who ya? So Conquer deals with the area of uh, sexual brokenness and those type of things and pornography addiction. Because a lot of guys, they use these addictions to these things to medicate a wound. And very often, a father wound or those kind of rejection wounds. And um, so one of the exercises was to, to go down and write a list of your top 10 biggest disappointments in your life. And so I was on a business trip in Johannesburg, and I was sitting there one night, and I just started writing. And as you write, you know, you start thinking things, your mind just starts unlocking these memories in the past. And I'd written a whole bunch of situations. And I saw that like 80% of them or more all had to do with times where I was rejected. Um, Times my, my father was my athletics coach. And one time he, he kicked me in front of all my friends because I was goofing off, and as normal. And another time, um, you know, when I was 15, he moved out, and my mom and my dad told us he had a job transfer, but they lied. Actually, they were getting divorced. And so I had to deal with these these things, and and then my girlfriend had cheated on me, and all this stuff. And I saw all these things, and and I went to bed. And I was like, wow, you know, this, is, this is where the enemy has actually been going for me. You know? He's been using, pushing that button of rejection in my life. And it's like a pattern I've seen throughout history. And I woke up that night around 4 in the morning, and I had this picture, this vision of Jesus on the cross. And I saw him screaming in agony, abandoned on the cross, forsaken by his father, but screaming with my pain of rejection. The hurt that he had from his father rejecting him, he was crying out with it. And he, and he looked at me in this vision, and he, he was screaming, and he took it from me. He showed me how he personally took my very own rejection and died for it on the cross. And I was so overwhelmed, and I was, I was so free because I didn't know that he had actually taken my specific rejection. He felt my specific pain, and he paid for it. And his death on the cross. And that's, that's a connection that all of us need to make here this morning. And we're going to have some ministry time in the end to, to go through that. Because the, the cross is the most remarkable gift that was ever given to us. It's where we die with all our wounds, all our baggage. And we die with him on the cross. And there it lies. He's given us a new life. The life that God has for us. 
There's a beautiful scripture that depicts this in Romans 6, verse 3 through 4, if we can pull it up. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Everybody say, I died. If you're a Christian, you died with Jesus. Your former life, it's, it's gone. It's pinned up there on the wood. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So the previous person is gone. The previous bloodline that we had with our own earthly father has been severed as well. The scripture says, if you're a Christian, you are now born of God. If you're born again, you are born of God. You're not born of your father, earthly father. You're born of God, another father. You're born from a father that is incapable of forsaking you or abandoning you. It's not part of his nature. It's impossible for him to do it. You can pull up John 1, 11 through 13. It says, he came to his own and his people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, or God's child, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So what does it mean to be not born of blood? That means that, that bloodline, so this is talking to the Jewish people. They say, hey, you're not born of God because you're a Hebrew. Or your father was a Hebrew. You don't have access to being a child of God anymore through the, your blood. Or, it says, um, the will of the flesh. That means you're the, the nation you come from. So previously, if you were of the nation of Israel, you are now, you know, God's chosen. Okay, that's no longer true. It's not about what nation you are from. And he says, nor is it from the will of man. There's nothing you can do to will it up in your own strength to become born of God. It's a supernatural event that comes through him and his spirit. And so at this point, this is where we need to have our minds renewed because every generational curse and every wound of the Father has been severed through the power of his word and the fact that we are now born of God. Amen? So earlier I spoke about there's, there's two primary areas. He comes for us, marriage and sexuality, and the other rejection. So there's, there's three areas in, in the way in which Satan attacks us with rejection. I want to highlight how Jesus has specifically endured that and paid the price for us in that regard. And those three areas is in regards to society. So often rejected by society, people, people you don't know. We're rejected by... Loved ones, brothers, sister, dear friends, and we're rejected by our earthly father. These are the wounds. These are the tools that he uses to come for us. And so Jesus, when he was um, being taken to be judged by the high priest, right, for what he had done, which he had done nothing, anyway, people, people despised him. They hated him. They, they spit on him. They, they kicked him. They pulled his beard out, okay? These are people he didn't know that rejected him, which is the rejection he endured for us. In Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3 through 5. So this is prophesied like 400 years before Jesus even came to us. It says he was despised and rejected by men, 
Everyone say, he was despised and rejected for me. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He has borne, that means he took on our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That's a peace that Henry was talking about last week. And by his wounds, we are healed. I, l- I love that three-letter word, are. It's not like sometimes, maybe. Uh, we'll see, maybe next year. By his wounds, we are healed. We are restored. And so that's regards society and how, how Jesus was rejected by loved ones. Well, he was, he was rejected by a beloved friend, which is Judas. I mean, he poured his life into Judas for three years. And Judas sold him out for some money. Another example is, you know, just if you look at like the, the big view that God had, God longed to come and bring the nation of Israel to salvation. For thousands of years, the Israelites were the chosen keepers of God's word. He didn't choose any other nation or any other civilization. He chose them. And he knew, and it was his time, it was the fullness of time, and Jesus would come to the earth, and he wanted to bring the people into the new covenant, a covenant of freedom, a covenant where they would have his spirit dwelling within them, that they could walk with him. Instead, he was rejected. And it says in Matthew 23, he said, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I long to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. I wanted to come around you and nurture you and keep you warm and grow you. And they hated him. And most of the people rejected him and the message that he had from the Father. We could pull up John 6, 52 and 54. It says the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us flesh to eat? You know, he was saying crazy things like, you must eat my flesh, drink my blood. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you will have no life in you. And whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. And we could skip on to John 6, 60. He says, when my disciples, when his disciples, these are his people he came for. When they, when they heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Like, who can listen to this? This is psycho stuff. You, you can't eat people and drink blood. It's unlawful. I mean, they're probably, I don't know if it says you'd be stoned to death if you, you know, subject to cannibalization. But definitely it was unlawful to drink blood. So this is like, what? Many of his disciples said, this is hard. Jesus, knowing in himself, the disciples were grumbling, said to them, do you take offense at this? In John 6, 65 and 66, later on, he says, this is why I told you no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So, he's, he, I mean, he, he's itching for this moment to come and restore his people and disciple them. And now it's his moment. He's there. And he says these crazy things. It's just so offensive. And they go off. 
You know, this is in the heart of his ministry. You think he'd want to be just gathering more and more people so he can build them. And, and <clears throat> so I was often to say, like, why, Lord? Why? Why don't you just correct them? Why don't you just say, well, this is this is a, a spiritual interpretation. You know, they think you're literally. But he he's talking about you know, unless you take part of me, unless my spirit comes within you, you know, talking about communion and those things. And they're thinking like man eater stuff. I'm like, well, Lord, why didn't why didn't you correct them? And it was if the God the Father. He didn't give him those words. He only did what the Father showed him to do. And so here he's saying, Jesus, I want you to, to feel the rejection that my people are going to feel. And I want you to take that rejection to the cross. I know you can't correct them now. But you're going to have to carry this burden for them. He allowed Jesus to experience our rejection at a whole other level. And the last one, which is the climax of the rejection that he experienced, is the rejection from his Father. We can pull up Matthew 27, 45 and 46. And so there's our Lord. He's on the cross, torn to shreds. It says it was the sixth hour. So that's noontime. It's the day before the Sabbath. Like, everyone knows, like, the time, the time of year it was. And it says darkness had covered the land. Didn't cover Israel. It covered the whole earth, people. This isn't just a Bible fact. This is a historical fact. There was no solar eclipse or lunar eclipse. That only happens on a new moon. In this cycle of the earth, there's no new moon then, so it was impossible for that to happen. But yet other historians have documented darkness covered the land. Why? Because God, who is so holy and in His heavenly purity, had to take the sins of the world and place it on his son. And he couldn't look upon sin. He couldn't look upon it at that moment. So he, that's why darkness hit the whole land. And Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, sabachthani. that means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He removed his spirit from him. They, he is one. Jesus is one with the Father and one with the Spirit. And God could now allow him to have his spirit in him as he places the sin of all mankind. And he had to remove his spirit. He removed everything. And Jesus was like, no. Because that was the price that had to be paid for you and me. And Jesus endured the kind of rejection that none of us will have to endure. Your heavenly father will never forsake you like this. Yes, we'll experience hard times. We'll experience suffering in this world. But we will never experience that we have to identify with Christ's suffering. Yes, we don't have to identify with being rejected by our Heavenly Father ever. Because He paid the price. Fully. We call it Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. There's another promise is struck down but not destroyed and this is the assurance that we have from his word and the ministry of Jesus and Corbus, maybe you can come up for a moment we're going to have a time of prayer now folks here isn't it interesting folks when it comes to sin 
he says it's as far as the east is from the west. You know, in the Old Testament, they, they had to sacrifice animals to be forgiven. And they said the blood covered their sin. But in the testimony of Jesus Christ, our sin wasn't covered. It was taken away. I mean, how far can you measure the east from the west? I mean, it's like you're never going to get it. <laughs> Immeasurable. So when it comes to forgiveness, we have that kind of assurance. What about when it comes to, to emotional healing? Can it also be as far as from the east is to the west? Do we have to have 40 counseling sessions and buckets of psychology for people to, to have them get breakthrough? Or can we take it to the cross and experience and exchange that rejection for what he endured for us? I'm not knocking doctors or psychologists. There's a place for them. But, but we need to have our minds renewed and to experience the encounter of Jesus Christ like this. I'm not saying you must have a dream like I did or a vision like you did. We can take him for his word. You are, by his wounds, we are healed. So I was wondering if we can just have the people come up who, who've walked with this also, who've, who've walked with a wound, and it's played out in many areas of your life. Loneliness, depression, anxieties, fear, and we want to have a time of ministry. So if that's you, why don't you, why don't you come to the front? We're going to pray for you. We've also just equipped some of the leaders and some of the deacons uh, to come and pray. Is there anyone here dealing with the root of rejection from their father, from loved ones, and from the society? We want you to come and experience the healing from Jesus Christ. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Maybe a couple. Also, I want to make a call to those who haven't experienced putting their sins on the cross I spoke about. Or maybe they, they did once picked up their life of sin and need to make right with God. If you've never been born again and you've never exchanged your sin for the forgiveness and the sin that was paid on the cross of Jesus Christ and you want to make right with God, I um, also want to pray with you. And maybe you can have people like that on the right-hand side here. Is there anyone here that wants to make right with God? They said... I'm done living a life of sin. I want my sins cleansed and taken away. I want them removed as far as the east is from the west. I'm so sick of a life of sin. I want to be renewed. and I want a new life and make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. Is there anyone like that? Maybe just slip up your hand. I can pray for you as well before we pray for these other folks. All right. You know, we were going to trust God for the supernatural today. And um, Jessica, Charles' wife, she spoke to me the other day. She mentioned something about my son. She said, you know, your son, is, he says he's going like, he's like this. He's like a totally different person. You know, he accepted Jesus recently. And I'm like, you know, 
I can't do that as a dad. That's the power of the gospel. Only the power of the gospel, the inward life of Christ coming into a person can bring that transformation, can make you a different person. And only that same power can actually restore these people here this morning. Amen? lots of tissues here. So I just want to pray with everybody here and lead you in a corporate prayer. And you guys, you need to make this connection. You need to take that wound. You know what it is. It's been stirred up. It's been highlighted through the preach. I need to come and lay it onto the feet of Jesus because he's still crying out for you. He's still crying out with your pain and rejection and wants to exchange it for health and healing. So repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, Lord Jesus, I bring you this wound, this wound of rejection. And whatever it is in your mind, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say, Lord, I bring you this wound. You know what it is. And I exchange it for the rejection that you endured. Thank you for taking the pain on my behalf. And now I'm ready, Lord. Come on, repeat after me. Say, I'm ready, Lord, to receive newness of life, to experience healing. Thank you by that your wounds, I am healed. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I don't know, leaders, if you guys want to come around and, and pray for these guys as well. It's not something you can just like rip open a wound and just like walk away from. Walk it out, people. I know there's people here, I know they've got horrible relationships with their fathers and stuff. God is your father. So we're just going to have some time in prayer and people in the back. Just pray for, your, pray for these people. I mean, just lift your hands and say, Lord, come and restore. If you're not here in the front, you're shy, whatever. you got a fierce rejection. God, come and touch you where you are. He's in the house. He's in the house to restore. You're sitting in your seat. you got physical pain. Lift your hands to the Lord. You're not just sit here and watch the backs of people getting prayed for. Just meet with God right here. He's in the house. You are the supreme physician, Jesus. Come by your spirit. Leave no one out. Sometimes you had a meeting where everyone was healed. Not anyone left sick. Not anyone left lame. Not anyone left rejected and hurt. Bring your healing in the house, God. You are mighty to save. Thank you, Jesus.